Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Screen Heroes podcast, your TV and film podcast. I am your regular host, Derek, and I have with me my two longtime lovely co-hosts, Ryan. Hello. And Ray. Word to the bird. Bird is the word. Bird's the word. Yeah. So this week, we are talking WandaVision episodes six and seven. Uh, We missed last week due to some inclement weather, and so we're kind of merging topics here a bit and we're going to kick things off with some news a lot of stuff about the snyder cut i assume because we a lot of information dropped about that this week um before we dive into the snyder cut is there anything else you guys want to talk about that's news related i mean no that's the big stuff i think this week okay well then let's just dive let's just dive into that so you know, things started off quiet. We learned what time the Snyder Cut will be available to people. It's releasing at 2 a.m. Eastern time on March 18th. So that actually means if you're in like the Pacific time zone, you'll you'll get it at 11 p.m. on the 17th. So just keep that in mind. So that was, you know, just some factual information there for you just to know when it's going to be available. And then we got, let's see, we have an ex- a anonymous Warner Brothers executive like just completely trashing Joss Whedon's cut of the film. Uh, It came out that this person quote said, when we got to see what Joss actually did, it was stupefying the robber on the rooftop. So goofy and awful, the Russian family. So useless and pointless. Everyone knew it. It was so awkward because nobody wanted to admit what a piece of shit it was. (laughs) I mean, yeah, we all have our opinions on that. Uh, We all agree that it was a piece of shit, but uh as for why this is coming out now um you know there's there's a lot of spe- a lot of reasons and i think we all have the same we're all in agreement on those reasons yeah that russian family was awful <laughs> i have talked about that at length i could do an entire dissertation about how awful that trope is <laughs> yeah um I think to to the point about like why now, I think right now it's just really easy to dog on Whedon, right? A lot of stuff has come out recently that is not good. It is very low hanging fruit to just jump on it. Like really, unless you're one of the people affected by his outlandish and hurtful behavior, 
you're you're really just like punching a man while he's down you know there's better stuff to do with your time i actually am okay with people punching him while he's down he's a huge piece of shit so you know go ahead and punch away i have no problems with that. i mean that's fair right but uh, ray fisher t- uh, tweeted earlier today and he basically said that in a nutshell you know paraphrasing but saying that you know he's an easy target but that it's important to keep in mind that that other people are directly responsible for a lot of problems with the film and the issues on set as well and so while Whedon might be an easy target don't let the other people off the hook just because one of them happens to be you know really kind of uh popular to hit on right now and I think that is the reason why that whole Warner Brothers exec thing bothers me is because you're an exec. You were one of the people in charge. Like you could have stopped and said right then and there, no, this is bad. I'd rather scrap the whole thing than put it out at this point. So like Whedon is clearly messed up definitely needs some help and shouldn't be behind a camera with a staff for a very long time if ever again but you know for somebody in charge to just be like yeah it's all his fault and we knew this whole time like you put out that piece of crap that piece of crap has your name on it too so but by the time that they saw how much of a piece of crap it was it was probably too late to stop the gears turning you know I don't know about that necessarily. I mean, movies have been pulled during their first weekend or week in the box office. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's ever too late to stop a movie from from releasing if it hasn't been shown yet. You know what I mean? Like, you know, sure. 50 years ago, there was probably no way to get the word out to all of the different theaters and everything. But nowadays, I would imagine that's got to be very easy. Maybe. I I don't know. They probably I th- thought it was easier to just let it be out and make whatever money they were going to make than try and pull it back and lose yeah. all the money, especially after all everything that happened with the movie, you know, during production and whatnot. Or, and I'm just spitballing here, they there could be some people behind the scenes that wanted to sabotage um, Whedon's career. Or just like, let it go down in flames on its own with the movie itself. What makes you think that? Uh, Just because, you know, it's one, it's just a possibility. I'm not like making something up that has something to do with like magic or impossible technology or something. It's, it's possible that people just looked around at each other at the first viewing and was like all right we're just gonna let this continue and uh Whedon will take all the credit for it and then there's another side to me that thinks that maybe somebody did notice that Whedon wasn't that great on set and you know by letting him take the fall for this horrible film uh they knew that he was gonna have a have a bad time (laughs) that's an interesting way to look at it that is not something i had considered i figured it was just the studio wanting to you know wipe their hands clean of it and move on it's it's totally possible 
that I'm looking way into way too deep into it and uh it didn't even happen like that but fair enough well so we got a lot of information about the situation with justice league this week uh thanks to a a really in-depth article from vanity fair and you know there's some tidbits in here that that have already made kind of pretty big news like Snyder's wife, Deborah, and Christopher Nolan basically telling him not to watch the theatrical cut of the movie. Like, just don't even watch it uh, because Being major bros for that, because I mean, who knows what would have happened if Zach had seen this cut of the movie? Yeah, it's it's a fair question. You know, uh, his headspace wasn't good you know, after the loss of his daughter. And, you know, it's been a few years and I, I still can't imagine that he's back to where he was before all of that. So I'm not a big Nolan fan, but like that was cool of him. And obviously his wife cares about him. I'm hoping, but, but Nolan, you know, coming in like that clutch is that it's good that they did that for him. That's, you know, not a lot of other directors probably would have been like, Oh yeah, don't, don't see this. Mm-hmm. I was curious if anything else from the article jumped out to you guys that you thought was worthy of discussion. There's, there's a lot in there. It's very dense. It's in a pretty emotional story, but was there anything specific you thought was worth noting? Okay. The so song. yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I want to issue my own public apology for making fun of his attachment to hallelujah because it it is now that I have more information. It is definitely in poor taste. Uh, I I am going to stand by that. I still don't like that version. Well, that's okay. That's unrelated right. to the specific. Right, yeah. but yeah, it. I understand why he has such an affinity for it now, and I I think the reason is beautiful and i can't fault him for it i would do the same thing so yeah i I apologize i i may have said something too so if i did i apologize i think mostly i'm just sick of hearing that song in his movies because it's in like every one of them but um you know i understand the attachment as well um the other thing i want i wanted to touch on was so before just so people know who may not have read the article the re the attachment is that uh his his daughter who committed suicide during the production of justice league it was her favorite song and the movie the the snyder cut or Zack snyder's justice league at the end of the film which i assume means the credits and not like an actual scene will have the same version of the song in it that was sung and played at her funeral which was sung by a a a friend a family friend of theirs so the song definitely has a lot of personal meaning to him you know whether or not it fits the tone of certain films and different things you know obviously that's subjective but now we definitely understand the significance of that song especially as it pertains to the snyder cut um because you know she died during towards the end of production and you know our first real look at the snyder cut was a trailer with that song so it's obviously a very deep connection for him. So go ahead. So so the other thing that uh, I thought was interesting about this article is there was images related to or linked to the article that were released. And uh, we had this kind of joke in our uh, personal chat, the three of us about uh, Snyder's use of 
biblical symbolism and Jesus symbolism. <laughs> and so it's it's uh, it's hilarious that before the movie even releases, we have one case of Jesus uh, symbolism in the images, promotional images for the movie. We had we I don't remember what the over under was on the amount of Jesus and, and <laughs> biblical symbolism, but it was pretty high. It was too dang high. And uh, but we're already at one and the movie hasn't even released because they released an image of Joker with like the crown of thorns and like kind of in a Christ like pose. And I don't know if it's making fun of the people that kind of worship the Joker ideology, which there are a lot of them, or if it's like acknowledging those people and kind of encouraging. I feel like it's got to be making fun of those people or like poking fun of those people, but. Or maybe they were just like, let's just make him do a Christ pose. <laughs> it's a really interesting question. You know, I think, I think Snyder's films metaphorically are a little more complex than people want to think. And so the idea that this is multi-layered is, is fair. Um, it felt a little trollish. It really did just, yeah. to, just to me. Cause like, you know, Superman in a, you know, Christ-like pose with his arms out is pretty on the nose, right? In those, in those situations, like it or not, right? It's pretty on the nose. This is like, this just seemed to be the opposite end of that spectrum. And so maybe it's tongue in cheek. Maybe it's meant to be ironic. So the other reason why I have, or the other evidence I have that this is trolling is because in the Justice League trailer that was released, the Snyder Cut trailer, the first line you hear the Joker say is, we live in a society, and there's a whole series of Joker memes from the other Jokers, even though they never said that, that start with, we live in a society. And so jo the, him paying Jared Leto, like, probably like $60 million or something like that <laughs> to come do this one scene so that he could have him say, we live in a society to acknowledge this internet meme. It, it makes me think that he's like just trolling the Joker people. Right. Cause like, I mean, Snyder's on social media, like all the time. For a 50 year old dude, he's pretty like, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, he's on it. So you guys think he's totally self-aware. Yes. And, yes, okay. absolutely. I definitely do. Cause it's I know there's a decent amount of people out there that think that he's completely oblivious to what he's I, doing. I don't think that at all. If you no. ever see the way he responds on social media to people, I mean, yeah. And yeah. he wouldn't, he, there's no way that that's a coincidence that he starts the Joker off saying we live in a society. It's been a meme for years. There's no way that's a coincidence. I do have to admit that that's a meme I've never seen. I don't know how, but when people were making fun of it shortly after, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> like, well, yeah. I don't get it. You I know, remember... there's just always those things that slip through that you're not yeah. aware of. Yeah, that's just one of them. I remember it a lot back when The Dark Knight came out. There were a lot that kind of resurfaced around that time. And I just, you know, I've, I've seen most of Zack Snyder's work. I'm not going to say I've seen everything. I've probably missed one or two here or there, but he's a smart guy like his style don't like his style he's a very intelligent person and he works very deeply in metaphor and i i believe he knows exactly what he's doing you might not like what he's doing and that's fine right because that's just that's opinion that's subjective but he knows what he's doing 
for better or worse. So here, if you haven't heard the meme, I, there's an article about what, <laughs> what it is now. As the meme triple, trickled into other online spaces, the line, we live in a society originally intended to be an enlightened statement, which denounced the many flaws and contradictions of society, instead turned into a piece of satire. So it's used now to poke fun at how woke this sentiment was now. So yeah, it wasn't a, like, it was around more on 4chan and like, some of the deeper corners of Reddit. So it's not surprising that a lot of people hadn't heard about it or seen it. It's not mm -hmm. like it was shared on Facebook, but uh, yeah, it's basically to make fun of Joker you know, worshipers. Right. So, and so is the Jesus thing, I think. I mean, I don't know. It's like way too on purpose. There's no way. There's it, no it, way. It's that not a just... coincidence. No, no way. Impossible. Yeah. You know, cause like these were reshoots too. Like there's no way that he went into his four hour film you know, four years later, it was like, you know what this movie needs? The Joker saying we live in a society and it's unrelated to anything. It's just a script line I wrote. Like, right. Like, you come on. There's a reason that that's in there. Yeah. It might be personal. There may be a very personal reason that that's in there. The 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 um, the the public outpour for the Snyder cut, while it had you know, pe people like me who are just very enthusiastic about the characters and the story and really like Zack Snyder. But there was also a group that were just really not good people and were very threatening and aggressive and cruel. And maybe this is speaking to that group to some extent that might be who this is directed towards because you know, that th those are people that Zack Snyder is not a fan of. He doesn't support any of those actions. He doesn't like those things. He said that before even pertaining to the Snyder cut. So that's my money. That's where my money is right there. Okay. Um, so, you know, some, a couple other things, uh, that, that I guess are probably, you know, worth, worth noting here and there. So, um, at this point, he's not being paid, which I thought was really interesting. I had just assumed he was getting paid. You know, they sure. gave seventy million dollars to finish the Snyder 60 Cut. million of that went to Leto for that one <laughs> <Okay>. cameo. <laughs> um, and I just assumed that you know Zach was going to make something off of this, and maybe he and his wife are from a producer standpoint. But from a director standpoint, he's not getting paid. And he said that, quote, I didn't want to be beholden to anyone. And, al and it allowed me to keep my negotiating powers with these people pretty strong. That's a very interesting statement to make so close to release, because it implies that even after everything that's happened, both personal and professional, Warner Brothers was still like trying to control things with this, which just seems silly at this point. Well, he also mm -hmm. said that they wanted to release like the skeleton copy with no CG or anything like that. And he, he, he thought that that was in order to undermine what his thing actually was to be like, she, see, we told you it wasn't that good. Um, but he said that he'd rather like let it die as a unicorn than, than let it live like that. So. Yeah. I mean, basically what existed before was more or less a work print of the film. It had been shot, but there was no music, at least no final music. There was no VFX, so no special mm -hmm. effects at all. And, you know, Snyder's embraced the green screen quite a bit, especially with the superhero stuff. So like, you're talking about like the, the main um, photo for the article is, is, you know, Momoa, like hanging in a green room on strings. Like that's what you would have seen in that cut of the film that Warner brothers initially wanted to release. And, for me as somebody who just i really love 
cinema and I really appreciate what it is and I want to learn more about it and I want to make movies myself, I would have been curious about that and I probably would have sat down and watched it. But that's not a movie. That's no. just not that's not what that is. Well, first of all, it it's not just a skeleton. By releasing that, you're saying that you have zero faith in the project but you also have zero faith in your director somebody who has made multiple movies for you and uh that you you don't trust the fans and you don't have any respect for them because honestly like we're not talking a movie that was you know 85 percent practical and a couple of cg effects here and there like maybe hair on somebody's head or the wind blowing or things like that we're talking like a good chunk of this is cgi against a green screen and uh with crazy effects added so like it's just an insult to release something like that if you want to put it in a documentary or making of behind the scenes i think that's fascinating but to release a movie just like that I think you're, you know exactly what you're doing and you're doing it to piss off somebody. Mm -hmm. Well, I think part of it was to save face. I think Snyder hit it right on the head where this would have released in that format and everybody would have looked at me like, man, this is awful. Like, this is terrible. And Warner Bros. went, well, that's why we didn't go with that version of the movie. Right. You know, and that's just, it's BS you know and so I'm, I'm glad that he pushed back on that and we we never got that now if they want to make like you said like i would love to watch a road to the snyder cut documentary that would be amazing i would be all for that because it's just it's such an unprecedented situation that whether or not the cut of the movie is good the situation is very intriguing and so this i want to learn more about changes it. cinema like can you imagine ridley scott or spielberg or lucas who have been notorious for having different cuts of their films out there like all of a sudden realizing this is an option for them like we could have an entirely new story of the phantom menace <laughs> i mean it's a weird situation because I don't, I don't know that there's ever been another cut of a movie like this before because directors are rarely, they rarely leave or are fired from a film so late in production, right? Like you have like um, Solo, a Star Wars story, right? That was early enough on where there isn't a cut from those original directors. There's not enough of the movie there to put together. Ron Howard did the majority of it. Mm -hmm. I don't know that there's another good example here. And, you know, if there is, I'd love to talk about it. If anybody knows of one where there's like a three or four hour cut of a movie just sitting around somewhere that never got released. I want to talk about that. The Schumacher cut for Batman uh, Forever. Is that what it was? Mm -hmm. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. And uh, Schumacher is no longer with us, unfortunately, but I suppose his, his estate could assign another director to complete that project. Um, but that would again be even different, right? That's an even more different situation. So it's really interesting. I, the whole concept here is fascinating to me. And all I want to do is learn more about what happened. So absolutely. Um, okay. Anything else, anything else that we learned? I think we've touched on a lot of it. We should definitely mention what we're doing for our episode for the Snyder cut, because I feel like we haven't really brought that up much. Mm -hmm. That's fair. So um, before we get into that, 
Uh, just really quick, we don't even have to talk about it. Uh, DC announced a Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle movie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're, they announced it with their director, which they rarely do. So that's really cool. We'll supposed to um, start filming this year. So I know. Yeah. It, that's crazy to me. But director is Angel Manuel Soto. And uh, I'm sorry if I didn't uh, yeah. say that correctly. But I'm really excited. I like the character a lot. I really only know him from uh, Young Justice. Well, that's but, like been the best place on screen that he's been fleshed out before. Like yeah. he made a, I don't know if it was Jaime or Ted Cord, but uh, he, he was in Smallville for a couple episodes, or at least the oh, Blue yeah. Beetle was. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Of course, this opens the door for some booster gold nonsense, which could be fun. You know, years ago there was, there were rumors about Fillion being involved in a booster gold role of some kind. Well, just about any smarmy white guy could be booster gold, <laughs> which is like every white guy. So every white guy can Am play smarmy? smarmy. I don't no. know, no, but you could play smarmy if you wanted to. If somebody paid you, like, hey, here's three million dollars to play booster gold, be like, got There's it. There's a lot I would do for three million dollars. Just throwing that out there. You better hope that I ever win the lottery because we'll find out. Are we gonna we're gonna make our own booster gold movie? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. We're gonna find <laughs> out what you're going to do. For $3 to do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. That should be really cool. Yeah. For for the Snyder Cut. So the Snyder Cut releases March 18th and March 19th. The first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier premieres. So we have two pretty big pieces of content for us: the second MCU series and of course the Snyder Cut. So here's what we're gonna do. The week after that is March 22nd, a Monday, and March 23rd, a Tuesday. We are going to be doing an episode both days. So the Monday, March 22nd, we will be doing a live stream on Facebook, on our Facebook public page, covering the Snyder Cut. The whole thing, four hours of it, in as much detail as we can. And it may be a long episode, so (laughs) deal with it. Right, it may go long. Then the following day on our normal recording day, we will have a normal episode where we will cover news and the first episode or the premiere, just in case they do a double again, the premiere of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So two episodes that week, both of them will be live on our public Facebook page. So go hit us up on Facebook. Our link tree has all of our links and stuff like that in the show notes and on Twitter at Screen Heroes Pod. And you can follow all of us along on that. We'll have events for it. The whole nine. So there you go. That's the plan. A double episode week because there's a ton of great content and we don't want to skimp on either of them because we, you know, we love both Marvel and DC. So we want to make sure we give them both their due justice. Yes. No, we're not going to acknowledge the pun. What pun? Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we will be discussing WandaVision episodes six and seven. So this is your spoiler warning for the first seven episodes of WandaVision. You have been warned. We will be right back. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. We are back, everybody. We are talking WandaVision, episodes six and seven. Spoiler warnings. You've been warned. This is it. This is what you get. Let's dive right in, guys. Let's do this. Where do you want to start? There's a lot to cover. Agatha! Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be mostly episode seven because that's where all the big reveals happen and this fun stuff oh. to talk about. You know what I mean? Episode six was fun, but not a lot happened other than the fact that uh, the hex was expanded and both boys were revealed to have powers. Right. There is one thing I think is important, and that's that Vision can't leave the hex. When he does leave the hex, the hex is literally tearing him back into it just peeling him apart mcu basically loves to kill vision as many times as they possibly can it's in as many different ways yeah they're any creative way they can find to kill vision they're probably going to do that i appreciate that it's different you know (laughs) they're they're definitely unique uh but that's the catalyst for why wanda expands the hex and i just think that context is important no you're totally right it is so yeah agnes Agnes turns out to just be a nobody she's just a nobody yeah yeah (laughs) now basically everybody everybody predicted it correctly yeah yeah i mean like no offense to anybody who did guess and are proud of themselves like this was the prevailing theory on what was going to happen right yeah was anybody really surprised yeah no i mean nobody was surprised i i don't know much about katherine hahn but I love she is so great so good seriously like so great and uh yeah this episode they couldn't have cast her better I don't know much I mean Agatha in the comics is more is like an older lady um but I think Catherine Hahn can really pull off the whole witch thing convincingly and I so I loved it once she like did the did the switch flip the switch to Agatha I was like oh this is gold I can't wait to see more of that I thought it was going to be really cheesy, but in a bad way. As soon as like she turns around and she's holding a bunny and she's like, the name's Agatha Harkness. Nice to meet you. And then all of a sudden they flipped and gave her her own intro and theme in the vein of like the Munsters and the Addams Family. And I was like, this is the best. And Catherine Hahn sang it. She did. I've been a fan of her for a long time and everything, but she usually has smaller roles. I've never like the fact that she's never played a witch before is a damn shame. Cause yeah, I mean, she's so, killing it. so good. So good. I am so happy to see her in this role. Cause I mean, just fantastic. For the last, I'm almost like, a little sad. The reveal didn't happen earlier on. <laughs> right. For the last like 15 years, I have seen her in bit parts and things, and she always steals focus from everyone else around her. So I'm very curious why she never got to lead a lot of stuff in the past, but I am hoping that not just Agatha is a bigger part that we don't just like see her die or something in the next two episodes and that's it but i also hope that this helps boost katherine hahn's career and we see her in more stuff and mm-hmm. in more prominent roles where like she's billed as 
a lead. So in the comics, Agatha is not always the villain. In fact, not the villain a lot of the time. She's more of a gray character or like not a hero, but um, that kind of a character. So it's entirely plausible. I'd be really disappointed if they killed her off too, because I would love to see her pop up in like Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, anything that's kind of the mystical side of Marvel, killing her off would be a huge mistake. Um, well, I so there's this cool theory going on about the how Doctor Strange ties into this and the book that the Darkhold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not look, confirmed to be the Darkhold. Well, but. right. But that's what a lot of people think it is and in Doctor Strange the movie, one book is missing. Right. Right. And so and everyone, a lot of people theorized back then that that was the Darkhold. Mm-hmm. Right. And so now people are thinking that this is that book. Yeah. Right. Which would be the direct connection to Doctor Strange. And I mean, having the two of them on set together at the same time, I think would just be just hilariously fun. It's a little annoying for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans because the Darkhold <laughs> was a big part of a huge storyline in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And so Yikes. this basically like takes a dump on that, if that's what that is. Um, it just we all know it's not canon, but it's just one more way to like crap on it crap on the corpse of agents of shield it's a it's just part of the other you know multiverse you know it looks totally different like there's you know i mean if it it was if it was the same prop or similar enough that you could be like okay sure but you're telling me the dark hold looks different in every universe come on not in every universe but in one universe maybe it does look different all right but in any case like it, it was a cool design for the book so i'm yeah and it was convenient that agatha showed up right when wanda's like walking over to go look at the book you know that wasn't convenient oh it was convenient it was not so do you think she's it was time she's about showmanship you know do you think she ate the children no she legitimately says that she'd been a kid earlier in the episode she did yeah i don't think she has eaten the children i I think think she has like hid them somewhere and she's gonna like try and harness their power I feel like eating both children in such a small period of time just seems weird. Well, if you're a witch, you can do a lot of crazy shit. I do like the fact that they're using aspect ratio to tell the story in terms of like what, where you are. Cause mm-hmm. if you, I'm sure you guys notice, cause you're nerds about this kind of stuff too. But when <laughs> they go, when she goes into the basement, the aspect ratio changes and it shows that, that that area is outside the hex because that's the aspect ratio they use for things that are outside the hex. So even though it's inside the hex, it's not affected by the hex, um, which so is cool. really a really cool attention to detail. Yep. Yeah, it's it's super neat. I I love that the 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 dichotomy between Wanda world and real world is is super super cool. Have it's you guys heard? Have you guys heard the theory that the rabbit, it the rabbit's name is Senior Scratchy, that the rabbit is actually her son, who in the comics is named Nicholas Scratch. Um, and she and that is supposedly who Evan Peters is playing. She like he's sh- shifting shapes. That's interesting. I don't know a ton about her character, so that never occurred to me. Yeah, I mean, you never see. The, initially, I thought maybe the mailman was her her son because she has some weird interactions with the mailman. But uh, the, the the Evan Peters thing makes me think that she just like gave her son the face of evan peters to to like i don't know get in with wanda or something i don't know but the fact that the scratch name is not a coincidence no it can't be now it may just end up being like an ode but that's fine too 
Yeah, it may be. It just seems like that's too on the nose. You know what I mean? It's just, it's got to mean something. Well, I just don't really care at this point if everything means something or if there's just a good amount of like fun Easter eggs. Like, I, I don't really care if her son matters at this point i care because i think it's cool uh and i want to give credit to them if it's it's a compliment to their storytelling if they can add all these little things to foreshadow things and fans are picking up on them that's a compliment to their storytelling it also is a compliment that we're trying to look for everything because yes, certain absolutely. things have already paid off um you know if, if, if you don't want to be one of the people that like you know analyzes every detail i get that i mean it gets a little tiring for me too hearing every the you know infinity stone dream theory or commercial theory like that stuff bothers me but it's I not think... just tiring it's just like there are some easter eggs that are clearly pointing to other things but then there's also stuff that's just there for fun like evan and... peters it's just there for fun i'm pretty sure that's not actually no it. um evan peters is there for a paycheck yes but i mean I, i'm not talking about the the actor specifically even though i used his name Pietro is them using that actor is just a fun meta homage. It's not the X Men are not in this universe right yet. It's Got not it. anything more than that. But I it's... do not want it to be that. So here, yeah. So here's here's the thing. If if he isn't actually a version of Quicksilver, I think this causes more confusion for the general audience than it does any good. Like because people are already confused by the show so who cares <laughs> well but the, the thing is if you're confused by something that's an actual narrative device then it's just you know that's part of the complicated story and you need to work you know a little bit more than you might like to get it that's one thing but to throw in a wrench that you're doing for fun that doesn't actually have any impact on the universe that's for me not great storytelling i think that makes it harder on the audience for no reason Okay. Well, I mean, it's given us fun things to talk about and, and has put them in the center of conversation on every social media platform. Whoa, for whoa, weeks. Wait, wait, hang on. I'm not saying that the show is bad or anything like that. And I'm not saying that before this episode or the last couple episodes that I thought that it, like I thought it was the another universe Quicksilver when we first met him. I thought that that's what they were trying to do is they brought him over. Somebody brought him over from the 20th century Fox universe. But if that's not the case and he's just some dude who Wanda thinks looks like her brother, but doesn't, I don't know. Like that just, that doesn't make sense. Okay. I think it's, it's just a fun thing. We don't need to be arguing about it for very long, but it's, no, no. if you think it's lazy, you know, writing or whatever. No, no, no. I'm not fine. saying it's lazy. I'm not saying it's lazy. I'm saying or poor. I, sorry. Poor, I just think it's sorry, confusing. Sorry. I think it's confusing writing because at least like if they had not, if they had just pretended that it was the same actor. Right. And we were just, you know, he was just recast like and they just didn't acknowledge that. And we just know this is Pietro because she says it is. Then maybe it wouldn't be as confusing. But the show acknowledges that he doesn't look the same. And to do that, it gets that's maybe a little too meta. For like a general audience type situation. That's we'll all. Find out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what about Monica? That was a fun scene. Watching all of her, those things are fun. Yeah uh so monica stands out to me uh with the truck of course and going through the hex for a third time so uh, watching that lead 
base truck kind of turn into this old timey 1950s pickup was incredible. Like the, the CGI on this stuff, the special effects is just so much fun and it really pays off. Yeah. I'd really like to know the budget for this show because it looks great through and through They've well, they really promised done. that it would look like the marvel movies and it really does or better than a lot of the marvel movies look I mean, at you black panther but it's like triple the length in some cases you know that's and true. so yeah it's even that much more impressive and i think that that's that's really cool uh that vehicle thing it, it reminded me of the the vehicle they had on armageddon when they're on the asteroid with the drill and everything and that was that was just kind of fun for me but yeah it's a really cool scene it's really neat um, her walking through the the hex herself was very interesting. I know a lot of people tried to pick apart the audio. Um, but it was I, the I, same audio that was played when she reappeared. Um, it was a bit longer, but yeah. It, but it was the same scene. It was still, you know, Brie Larson and um, Lashana Lynch talking about her and uh, the little girl version of monica talking so seeing her pop through that and uh having the blue eyes was cool as fuck and i wish she would just have the blue eyes all the time because it looked really <laughs> neat mm -hmm. the the eye effect was really cool i'm curious though so she's she's so like angry at carol do you think that they'll have a little bit of an actual confrontation in captain marvel too i mean they're yeah. kind of setting that up yeah yeah they're sowing the seeds for a lot that they are going to be able to uh, positively reap later. Yeah, that's fair. And seeing the way her power, well, part of her powers worked when she was like looking at all the energy around the, around the city was really cool too. And even in the little, like little after credit scene or mid credit scene or whatever, when her eyes turned purple, you know, it was a little confusing because that happened to Wanda too. But when her when her eyes turned purple, I feel like it was more just like she was sensing that specific energy rather than she was under the control of Ag Agatha because she reacted in a different way when she saw Pietro show up. You know, she wasn't like just a mindless drone or whatever. She was she was still under her own control. So I think her eye just eyes just changed different colors depending on like. The energy she's looking at or something but it was a really cool effect both times so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the superhero landing when like you see the blue like <laughs> light when she hits the ground that was really neat too she's probably the most compelling character for me out of the whole uh in terms of like the in-universe characters out of the whole series honestly i that actress is just very charismatic and really great so yeah i mean it's hard for me to pick but she's she's great i don't know mm -hmm. that i can pick a favorite right now but that's totally fair I, I do. I definitely adore her. She is just fantastic. She was a good pick for Monica. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more. She looks very similar to the little girl, too. She looks very similar. Yeah. I saw a side by side and I was like, oh my gosh, they did a great job. That was good casting. It was. But I, I'm still really partial to Vision. I, I I think Paul's really killing it. And it's just been great seeing Vision like out of his element and have to go through really weird stuff. And, you know, we he has to learn his history. Right. And he learns about how he had to die twice and, um, you know, how all of that happened and why Wanda is acting the way she is. And the whole time Wanda's trying to slow him down in very com you know comical ways, which definitely hit they landed for me and i just i really enjoyed that little side story 
Well, in the way he became self-aware of like the camera crew filming him and going, what in the world am I doing? Uh, you know, that was really great too. <laughs> he had a really good breaking the fourth wall moment where he just looked directly at the camera. It was very Jim-like from the office. office. And that was definitely something that they were going for. Yeah, I mean, the whole theme song sounded pretty much exactly like the Office theme song. Oh, yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah it, it was it was an homage between The Office and Modern Family because Modern Family's finale actually premiered on the same day, not this year, of course, as the episode did. So that was a bit of a, um, a callback to them. But the intro was so very heavy for the office. But what's kind of interesting about it uh, that I, I, I got, um, you know, just kind of like going through social media. Um, some people think that the intro was actually strange trying to contact her. With the, to- with the one like ransom note looking thing where it said like, we know what you're doing, Wanda, or something like that not just that one but the fact that it's it's all wanda's and some of them kind of like do a quick zoom as well and so it's almost like you know it's like shouting at her and it's it's strange trying to break through the hex using some type of magical abilities because he knows something's going on he may not fully understand it but he's trying to break through already i thought that was pretty cool yeah i mean if it's if it's if that's a real theory it's cool but uh Strange real is a thing. huge cool. part of House of M. So it- Bettany actually acknowledged in a, in an interview like in the last week or two that people he he said something like people think Doctor Strange is the big cameo, but he's not the big cameo. I'm good and with that. So, but I've already worked with him, or he 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 says something to the contrary that it's not Doctor Strange that's the cameo, and he did do a movie with Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, I mean, I think Endgame, or was it one, one of those movies he was in with? Yeah, uh, I mean, they were both in Infinity Endgame. War. Or Infinity War, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Not Endgame, because Vision wasn't in that. But uh, yeah, it's, so they were both in it. Maybe they didn't work together. So maybe that was where the theory came from. But no, I, I just assumed that Strange would show up because of the tie into his own movie. I wasn't really thinking of that as like some massive cameo reveal as much as just like an inevitability towards the end. Probably. Yeah. I mean, it seems pretty likely at this point, but I, but he is not the cameo. So I'm guessing that the cameo is Mephisto, AKA Ralph, AKA the missing persons that Jimmy Woo was there looking for. And do you like the theory that it's Owen Wilson? No, I hate it. Who is in Loki by the way. So it's not just some random drop for Owen Wilson. (laughs) I mean, maybe he's okay. I just, I think we've kind of touched on this before, but there is a certain type of actor that does a really good job. It has to, you have to carry a certain amount of weight, like, um, you know, Constantine or like Ghost Rider, the people that played the devil slash Mephisto in those movies were wonderful. And they embodied a kind of like scary quietness, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if that's the way to describe it, but they were definitely believable. I just don't think Owen Wilson can pull that off. It's like you have to be intimidating while not acting intimidating. And I don't think there's anything intimidating about him. So I was just, you know, scrolling through my social media the other day and uh, somebody decided to come off with a ton of theories for the next two episodes. And I'm not going to say them all just in case they're actually, you know, spoilers because... 
the problem is he sounded so confident, but you know, white men always sound confident. So he said that uh, Al Pacino was playing Mephisto. Man, that would be freaking cool. <laughs> I'd be much happy, happier with that than I would be of the Owen Wilson. Pacino has played the devil before. I thought he had. Devil's Advocate. Yeah. Right. Man, I mean, that would be pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Um, and just seeing him in like a superhero flick, I think would just be a great addition to his resume, you know? Because <laughs> he's done a lot, but he hasn't done that to my, my knowledge, so... That's an interesting, interesting theory. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, a lot of people still think the big cameo is going to be Ian McKellen as Magneto. I don't think it is at this point. I'm kind of over that theory. As cool as it would be, I don't think it's the case, especially with what we're finding out about Pietro, you know, that he's probably not anything really other than a coincidence. I don't think that they're going to do that, but maybe they will. I mean, I, I can't completely well, rule it out. I mean, it gets really complicated with certain X-Men, especially Magneto, because of their history and like why they are who they are. Um, You know, Magneto, he was a child in the concentration camps during Nazi Germany in World War Two. And that's where his powers manifested originally. And why why he has the worldview that he has is because of the things that he and his family went through, the things that he saw, all those different situations that that were horrible that he had to go through. And it's a little complicated to have that in the MCU because you have to explain, like, did he just get his powers then as a older gentleman and he didn't have them until like just now or did he have them this whole time and somehow nobody noticed like it gets a little complicated when they have such long histories yeah i mean i don't think it's him but we'll see i guess yeah um what'd you guys think of the commercial in this episode well first of all i guess we should throw it to the commercial in episode six quickly but uh which was getting one darker yeah, I mean they're they're clearly very dark. Um, they're kind of like they're the most depressing part of the episode. It turns out um, it kind of like it almost brings it feels like it has to bring the audience back to reality. You know, which is a little less needed now that like things are starting to fall apart, of course. But like that's kind of what they feel like to me is like they're grounding everybody in what's happened. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, they're obviously representative of things with Wanda um but this one with the the drug prescription drug uh was i thought interesting because it was actually like touching on the fact that she's a nexus being in the marvel universe and and if you aren't familiar with the comics nexus means that they can move through the multiverse essentially so like dr strange wanda um and so it's acknowledging that i think in a kind of a, a you know a way that not everybody will understand but later on it's gonna i'm sure my bet is what's gonna happen is that the that catherine Hahn is gonna or not Catherine specifically but agatha is going to be <laughs> killing killing the kids or doing something to the kids and make like absorbing their energy not maybe not literally eating them or mephisto is going to be doing that and wanda's going to go into the multiverse to try and find her kids while she's like super angry and then dr strange multiverse of madness is going to be him trying to chase her down and stop her um but 
yeah, I think this is like a setup for her becoming Nexus in the MCU. Yeah, totally reasonable. I, th- I think you're pretty spot on. Yeah, you think that's how it's going to end too, with uh, with Mephisto eating her kids essentially, or, eating, or absorbing their energies and them disappearing? And uh... I don't know. Kind of part of me doesn't really want them to bring in Mephisto yet because I feel like Agatha is like totally nailing it, and we don't need a villain on a villain. You know, I agree. I do like the idea that she is out for herself and sometimes that puts her on a good side and other times it puts her on like the evil side but i i really don't want mephisto to just end up in the last episode and that's it because you know that if it's not done right it's gonna give me like major trigon vibes from the first season of titans well, this is the th- here's the thing. Everything has been handled right with this show it so really far. Has, yeah. So I don't think there's really a, we need to worry about whether they're going to handle something right. I think at this point we should have the amount of confidence in them that they've earned, which is, in my opinion, anyway, full confidence. And so to address the fact that we don't need Mephisto, they said it's Agatha all along, right? They acknowledge that she has her own theme song. It's great, but it really just shows her manipulating people inside. Uh, I think there's still has to be the person that created this whole thing. And I don't think it was Wanda. Um, I think it was Mephisto that actually created it. And she has, he, he has uh, Agatha in there kind of manipulating things to get him what he wants. And they're kind of working together. So um, I understand they're not wanting too many villains thing. And I do think he's going to be in the last episode, but like just barely, um unfortunately i'd love to see whoever it is more but i really think that's the way they're going at this point that's fair i mean it's not that i don't have faith in them you know in the creators and the writers and all of that obviously they've been doing a lot a lot of great work far more often than not uh in the last you know 12 years or 13 years wherever we are now um but i just i really like what they've been doing and i just i kind of want i want agatha to be the focus that's all that's just a personal preference but if it's they not, bring in uh, mephisto it doesn't lessen what agatha has done it doesn't make her performance worse or like anything well, it doesn't like make her that performance worse but it, it depends on the reasoning it depends on what's which going we'll on. find out in the yeah, next couple so. episodes like, we shouldn't like, know. you know, just, you know make a decision that we don't like this before it happens i'm not saying i don't like it i'm saying at the moment i i don't need them to bring in we're mephisto. expressing critical concerns ryan it's well ryan. I'm right, and you're wrong. Yeah. That's just how it is. Look, mm. I have been on the internet long enough to know that I am wrong. Exactly. Just because of your gender. <laughs> so. I'm glad we got um, that out of the way. There is another theory going around that is very interesting. Personally, I don't believe it. I don't think this is what they're doing, but it's still fun to think about. So, the uh, so Hayward the the biggest jerk in the show still somehow um he you know had his whole little spiel earlier on about how wanda stole vision's body against his wishes yada 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 when it was really just him experimenting with vision the entire time on a project called cataract um which you know is an eye vision thing it's very cute so there's a theory that perhaps sword is trying to reinitiate some version of Ultron 
There have been multiple iterations of Ultron and Vision has been uh, corrupted at times. So that makes sense. I've heard several theories regarding Ultron in the show. And I, I'm not completely opposed to them because, you know, Wanda is getting major villains introduced. I mean, I don't really think Mephisto is going to be a big vision villain, but uh, you know, if, if you introduce Ultron, Ultron obviously has a vendetta with, or if you, you, with vision. So they have a thing going back and forth there. Um, And it gives vision a little bit more meat to work with in the future too. If he makes it past this show. Um, I don't at this point, see them bringing Ultron in but it, it would be fun I would be totally okay with it if they did I've heard the theory that uh Hayward is Ultron uh which I thought what? was a little weird yeah I'm like uh, how does that work but uh yeah it's there's a I, lot I of guess... Ultron related theories out there well what what are the, what's the um the what Coulson is on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The uh, uh, life model decoy. Thank you. So like maybe Ultron was able to infiltrate the life model decoy. Of <laughs> if you've seen Avengers, you know he dies. <laughs> um, sure. So like maybe Ultron was able to infiltrate one of those bodies. That's possible. That's a lot to go through in two more episodes though, <laughs> yeah. with the amount of information <laughs> that we've gotten. So I don't see that being the case, but oh, it man. is interesting to think about. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fun I also one. don't like that's the fun. idea that Ultron is manipulating Sword because it's just another. We've talked about this before. Yeah. We don't need another evil organization, you know, taking over our government organization. Like that. We already had that. Let's move we on did. to a different story. You're right. Even though scrolls are going to be doing the same thing. So, whatever. Hayward could be a scroll. There's a lot of theories about who's a scroll in this show. They've already acknowledged because Jimmy Wu had on his board scrolls. Right. Um, and, you know, when you look at the Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer where they had the scroll head wall, obviously scrolls are something that people know about. Um, so there are theories that Hayward's a scroll, that uh, the um, the engineer that Monica met up with is a scroll, and that that's why she was providing Monica with this because she owes a debt to Captain Marvel or whatever. Mm. Um that's and there's there's one like weird look that the person made and so everybody was like analyzing this one weird look the actor decided to do but uh yeah <laughs> and people are also really mad that we ended up with that soldier person and not like you know Reed Richards Reed Richards <laughs> well I know there's some people that were hoping for Blue Marvel which is another character I'm not familiar with really but, yeah I don't know anything about them but I heard huh. Inklings Rachel are you familiar with Blue Marvel yeah vaguely but i mean so many people are looking for random characters in this show i feel like we just need to calm it down and wait for it you can't calm down the internet rachel we all know that by this point i don't know why i thought once that train keeps going it gets starts going you can't stop it unless twitter shuts down i guess exactly that blue marvel would be interesting that would be an interesting character to bring in yeah, it's a but, it's a person of color isn't it it's not like a yeah yeah it's a black man yeah um i mean there's really some interesting like social stories you could tell with his background for sure but um i mean i, I would imagine most people don't know who that is right which is fine now they brought in characters that most people don't know who they are before and i think that that can work guardians oh, of the sure. nobody knew who it was oh yeah of course you know, and it worked great so yeah 
this is the platform to do it on too. Because if people attack, you know, they go after this one character and go, oh, that person was so cool, you know, then you get give more content. Like they'll probably do with Monica, you know, and and Jimmy Woo and Darcy, you know, they'll probably get more stuff because yeah. people like them. Totally fair. And Darcy's role in these last couple episodes has been great. Seeing her as the uh, escape artist was fun. Uh, you that know, was her... awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and her just like, did she kick the dude in the junk? Is that what happened? I can't remember. The no, she punched man. him. Punched him. She, okay. Yeah. She, like, That's the guy who refused to like acknowledge her, even talk to her. Not just right. like he didn't get her coffee, but he was a complete dick. Did you see the theory that he's sentry? god i hate because that. there's a huge he's wearing a huge s belt it's for strong man but right but who <laughs> who does that though like have you ever seen a strong man that wore a belt with a giant s on it i mean it's a little means, on the but nose then, like but that he's means wanda sentry. would have to know he's not sentry no he's definitely not sentry but it's just funny that people are like he's sentry he has an s on his belt come on guys no he's not he's definitely and if you pick that actor to be sentry like nothing wrong with that guy but He's not Sentry. Like, Look, I, I hate to break it to you guys out there, but not every single character in a Marvel production becomes a named hero or villain. Do you guys think Darcy got powers? I'm going to say no, because she's only gone through it once. And I'm going to guess that as the hex expands, it becomes weaker. I'm also going to say no at this point, simply because... I think the hex affects people in other ways as well. I think, you know, at a minimum, these people are going to have some PTSD. I That's think, fair. yeah, I think you're both right. But I do think that, you know, maybe the hex affects people with like a certain genetic predisposition to something. Right. Um, so you know that's why uh, why Monica is so affected by it, but nobody else is that she had some sort of genetic predisposition mm -hmm. um you know fury in the captain marvel movie said something about her not that she can't do this until she glows like her aunt carol which at the time i'm sure they were just making a joke about her being photon later on but now she does glow like her aunt carol so um yeah i mean i don't i don't know uh i think it's possible that other people got powers from the from the hex too but it's certainly possible. It just made it seem like you had to do it more than once and like really get it, the energy built up in your system. Right. And she certainly didn't have as traumatic of an experience going through as Monica seemed to. So seeing four different versions of yourself. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, cause that, that was, be. that is kind of interesting because the first time Monica goes through, you know, it's almost like it sucked her in. Right. Right. Cause it was an accident. And so it, it like pulled her inside. And then obviously she was thrown out the second time by right. Wanda. Um, and this time she had to fight to get into it. Right. Yeah. Which is interesting. And she got to keep her sword outfit. So it didn't yeah, change. It didn't change. I, that gets a little confusing too. I don't know if that's because it's set in relatively modern day now. That's what I took it as. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Her like like pseudo spacesuit thing was really cool. It was yeah. That, that was EV fun. suit, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, and she has a very distinct color palette uh, going on too. So that that lends itself to one of her characters or one of her identities in the comics in particular. So yeah, 
color is absolutely huge here and i don't think it's ever been as important in marvel as it is in this right like, everybody is color coordinated um very so we got a brief look at Dottie again and emma caldfield has insinuated that Dottie's not done. She's not just a, a background character like maybe Norm is. So Interesting. Uh, I don't know just how big she's going to be. Some people think she might be Mephisto, that they did another gender swap like they did with uh, Marvel, but and the ancient one. And uh, I, I, mean, I don't I'm no, know. I'm no expert on Mephisto, but it would seem to me that it would be likely a being like that could just change form into anything yeah yeah not so just dudes, likely. right so not just dudes i i mean i don't know why that would be problematic so that's an interesting thought i have no idea <laughs> I, have I, I don't add. either like honestly i really hope some of this stuff it they're new characters because to me a huge benefit to this is like giving us new characters like darcy yeah which are actually old characters but yeah well i, I just meant like original characters like darcy was an original character that has grown sure yeah. like she wasn't yeah. in the comics originally yes that's where i was going right and like colson yeah right yeah yep yeah or so, you know in the Arrowverse, you've got felicity Right. So anyway, moving on, uh, I would have said Diggle. I mean, I mean <laughs> well, I was um, making a joke. Obviously, Diggle would not be a joke. Rachel, so. you know more about Marvel than than both of us. So do you think that Monica is going to be Photon or Spectrum or any other of her many aliases? Well, I, I truly believe that it's going to be Photon. But I also think that it's not really going to be addressed because you think she's gonna be unnamed by the end of this well yeah because like we've been calling wanda scarlet witch for years just because we know that's her name in the comics but like jimmy woo pointed out that's not uh, nobody says that in the mcu True. so uh um, you don't think they'll give like a like a weird nod that says like her photons are off the charts or something like that you know <laughs> No. Or they're off the spectrum. Yeah, we'll they're off. Oh, God, <laughs> no. Don't be oh. that. so that's, that's actually really funny. Don't I, toy with my emotions, Marvel. They, they do all of that. No, don't do any of that. Uh, look, based on what happened today with the Spider-Man production, nothing is off the table in my mind. All right. Yeah, so they today, clearly love trolling us. They're having fun now. Like, it's weird. Like, Marvel has, like, gotten to a point where they're they're able to just have fun with what they're doing. They've kind of, they feel lighter. It's not quite as serious, which is good. It kind of, it's a fresh, you know, breath of breath air. And it's just, it's been nice. You know, what they're doing with uh, WandaVision, I never thought they would ever do this. And the rumors for, you know, Doctor Strange 2 and the way the Loki show works. I mean, there's some really cool things that I don't think Marvel would have ever thought about doing five years ago. Yeah, it's good to see that they're at a point where they don't really, you know, everybody has so much faith in them that they're just okay with whatever at this point. They can announce like the most random, obscure bullshit show and people be like, hell yeah, let's do it, you know, because they have faith in what Marvel's doing. So, yeah. Howard the, fact the that, Duck. 
there no, that wouldn't be that ridiculous. He's already had a movie. Um, Give me and another he's already one. been in there. Yeah, and he's already he's in the MCU. In the MCU. Right. <laughs> so let's do something with let's that, not. shall we? Let's not. You could add him to the Guardians. I don't okay. think there he needs go. his own That's thing. Fine. Yes, thank That's you, fine. Rachel. I'm good I, with I, that. I just said do something with him. Let's Sylvester Stallone can sit his happy ass out. We'll put we'll put uh, the duck in his place. Yeah, that's one thing I don't believe is gonna go anywhere. I what? don't think we're gonna get that Ravagers no. thing anytime soon. Yeah, maybe not. I hope that if we do, that Howard the Duck takes his place just to mess with Derek. Why? I don't know why that would mess with me. Because you love Sylvester Stallone. I mean, and you're the one that wants Howard the Duck so bad, so this would punish you for wanting Howard the Duck. It's a monkey's paw. It doesn't. Re- it doesn't really punish me. I have you, lots you, of things I can watch Stallone. You get in. what you get what you want, but only if something is taken from you. He's done a couple boxing movies. I don't know if you're familiar. No, with them. I'm not. I don't really like. I don't like sports movies. <laughs> Ryan's actually never been outside. What's outside? Is Don't that like in video it. games when you leave your uh, house in the video game and you go out and there's trees? Sort of. Okay. Yeah. But it's I don't only like the in graphics. Video games. There's no trees. Oh, okay, good. They're scary. All right. Um, anything else, guys, you want to talk about for WandaVision? Give us the next episode. I, I don't have control over that. Oh, I thought maybe you seem like an important guy that maybe you could pull some strings or something. Oh, thank you. Ray, were you going to say something? No, no, I wasn't actually. That's funny. Wow. I wasn't. Okay. That's all right. I just, I, if I stole something from you, I'm sorry. No. Okay. I'm not sorry. All right. Okay. Well, then in that case, I think we are going to wrap things up a bit. Um, next week, of course, we'll be talking WandaVision episode eight and any cool news that comes up along the way. We live stream this on Facebook on our public page right now. That public page is called the heroes podcast network, but we're going to be doing some renaming and we're going to just brand it as screen heroes at some point here in the next week or so. So look for screen heroes on Facebook. You can join our group, the screen heroes podcast forum on Facebook. We've got memes and polls and news and tournaments and all that kind of good stuff that we're doing there. So make sure to check that out. We're at screen heroes pod on Twitter and heroespodcasts.com, And you can stream us and download pretty much everywhere that you can get your podcasts. Ray, if people would like to talk to you about WandaVision, how might they do that? They could visit me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Simon Ray. And Ryan, if people want to talk to you about Sylvester Stallone, how can they do that? You can message me at the Star Trek dude on Twitter. I love Sylvester Stallone, so please message me. Okay. And if you have anything about Howard the Duck, please reach no, out. No, don't do at it. Buster Props. You son of a gun. <laughs> I Ryan's at Buster Props. I'm at the Star Trek dude. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We will catch you all next time. Later.